The thoughts, views, beliefs, and opinions expressed in this program are not necessarily those of our affiliate networks. Something standing behind me, just gigantic glowing eyes. Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV with myself, Stephen Lancaster, and my good friend and colleague, Rick Hale. Uh, good, uh, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm I'm great. I'm glad that we're finally here. It's Friday night. Fantastic. We got people in the chat. A lot of people have inquired about the show. Uh, yeah, I've had that too. You know, you, you've, you've kind of got your own following with your books and all the mm -hmm. former radio and stuff that you've done, and I, of course, had the same, and it's kind of, I think it was inevitable that you and me would sync together and, and do a project like this. Would meld together. Yes. Yeah, you know, I it's it's been five years since I've hosted any kind of a show, and um, so I, I honestly, I don't know why I waited this long, but uh, I guess it just, uh, you know, was the whole idea of finding the right person to do it with, and... Uh, you know, you asked me, and here we are. Well, I, I got to admit, I've kind of, I've wanted to do it for a long time, but I wanted to mm -hmm. wait. I, I kind of felt like James Cameron waiting for the technology to do Avatar. You know sure. what I mean? I, it's like I wanted it done right because people expect HD and and everything when it right. when it comes to me. And I thought, well, okay, then I need that catalyst. I need somebody that I can work well with, that I've been friends with, that I know really well. Mm -hmm. And you were the first person that came to mind to do this with, because um, you you were I even contacted you years ago on documentary projects, you know, trying to right. pull you in on those. You right. know, but Chicago to here is not a straight line. Exactly. You want to say that? You know, and it's and and it's and and it is funny that you you should say that. It's like I am I am happy to be here and happy to be working with you. And I think what what's going to make this work is is you are very much a new school kind of a guy. Uh, you, with a lot of the uh, technology and stuff, I am very much old school with um, with ghost hunting 
as you know as we used to call it at one time so you know it's kind of uh, you work off of each other with that well you know it's funny you say that because literally um, you maybe heard of the guy I'm not even gonna mention him but you, I think you might be a mutual friend on uh, Facebook mm -hmm. um, he had brought up something about all these people claiming to have been an investigator for 30 years 20 years yeah. and, and he's like where's the proof show me the proof yeah. And I had commented on him because him and I know each other. We've worked together, um, and and I'd said, and this probably isn't too far for too far from how you started too. Um, mm -hmm. I told him, I said, you know, there isn't a lot of visual proof from people that have been involved in it since the '80s or '90s. Uh, he's right. young. He's in his 20s. Okay? I, okay. I said, you you've got the digital video cameras, the digital audio recorders. Everything is drag and drop. For you, mm -hmm. I, I said my first case. I had a notebook with a pen, a right. flashlight, a gigantic Radio Shack cassette recorder with a mm -hmm. long microphone, and an old 1950-something Boy Scout compass, and that's how right. I registered disturbances in magnetic fields. Well, you know, when I started, uh, I started this in uh, 1991. I was 17 years old. I oftentimes joke that that I was a child ghost hunter, and um, when I started this, I started it very much like yourself. I had a you know pad of paper and a pen. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, I did have a tape recorder with me, and it was in a uh, private home in Round Lake Beach, Illinois. I'm sorry, excuse me, Round Lake, Illinois. There's four different Round Lakes, and um, and it was a young girl who was being disturbed by what she called shadow entities. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was actually visiting this family in their home. Uh, this lady that she was visiting, she was part of uh, some kind of Christian ministry that helped young people escape from uh, cult-like organizations and uh, abusive situations that were, you know, occult or cult-like. Mm -hmm. And um, she claimed that the leader of this cult, which was a, um, I know this is going to sound really far-fetched, but it was like a satanic uh, sex cult. And... Um, she got out of the situation, came to live with my friend, and uh, my friend called me up one night. I was 17. I was hanging out with my girlfriend, and uh, she's like, I know you're into this stuff. Can you come to my house and look at it? I'm like, okay. So, you know, I come there. I got my pad of paper, my pen, and my tape recorder, and um, just talked to this girl. She fills me in on her story, and the activity didn't start up until about 1, 1.30 in the morning. She's sleeping in the one room. I'm wide awake in the next room, sitting in a chair. And all of a sudden, I hear her say, Rick, they're here. Hmm. So I walk in, and the room is cold. Like, now, this was a um, this was in the middle of September, and uh, they didn't have any air conditioning in this house. So, hmm. you know, if you're from northern Illinois. If you're familiar with northern Illinois, it can be very, very hot in September. So uh, it's very cold in this room. And I started dressing this thing, and um, I actually was doing what they now call provoking, which, you know, please don't do. And I learned this the hard way. Um, all of a sudden, this giant black thing appeared in front of me and shoved me to the floor. Hmm. So, you know, I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, you, you dealt with a demon. Actually, what I believe I was dealing with was I believe that I was dealing with a poltergeist, mm -hmm. that this girl was actually producing this psychic energy. 
And this shadow thing was a thought form created by her. And uh, using uh, recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis, um, this thing was able to attack me. Mm-hmm. So that was my very first case. That was the baptism by fire for a dumb 17-year-old wet-behind-the-ears kid. So, yeah, you, but, you know, like what you said, like, there's not a lot of visual proof going back then because we mm-hmm. really didn't have all of that back then. You know, to you, you did have a few people who did have that kind of uh, technology, but I didn't. So that's why, you know, it's only been with like the last 10 or 15 years that I've been getting involved more in a um, uh, mass media kind of um, way. Right. In this. Like with the articles and all that stuff and the books. And, yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. then, you know, I just kind of like did my own thing. Well, even even if we had that technology, we were mm-hmm. talking about running around with a camera this big on your shoulder, you know, right. recording onto a VHS tape. You know, and even then, you couldn't get that into a computer until, what, after 2000 at some point, you Mm -hmm. could actually start firewiring tapes and stuff in. But, you know, let Rick's story be a lesson to all you kids out there. Avoid satanic sex cults. (laughs) Yeah, you you don't don't want to mess with satanic sex cults. No, they're not good. No no good can come from it. (laughs) I mean, unless you're into that kind of thing, which I'm not judging. I'm sure Rick is. Yeah, that's your jam, you know, that's your jam, man. But it's funny, you know, because my first time was only documented on, on pen and paper. And, it, and it's yeah. funny, I'd actually, um, I kept everything on a journal. And this sucker right here, this one dates back to 1993. Um, wow, I am jealous that you even have something like look, that. I mean, I keep everything. You know I'm a collector. 1993. But, you know, my first case wasn't really a case for somebody it was just hearing this urban legend around town about the Lona Coning Cemetery back home in Western Maryland. Okay. And uh, I decided I was going to go check it out. And I had exactly what I described earlier, a notebook, an old Boy Scout compass, you know, a flashlight. And the claims, you know, just to keep it short, the claims were people would see a ghostly, kind of bluish, uh, transparent female around this. I have heard of this. This particular grave. And uh, lo and behold, I did see her. And my, wow. my it, the magnetic energy was so strong, it cracked the glass on that compass. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote my first book, that was essentially the first story in the book. Because that was, aside from my personal experience I, I, I had before that, that got me into it. Um, that yeah. was the first time I was out and about and witnessed something, you know, that was true that you heard all these stories and you just thought, oh, it's just drunk teenagers partying at the cemetery, you know, but it was nothing like that. Um, yeah. And I, I wish I could go back with what I know and what I have today and research that place, you know? Well, see, there you go. And there you go, kids. Let me just tell you this. Be lucky that you have the technology that you have today because we didn't have that back in the day. It's a, well, it's absolutely, you're right. It's, it's that drag and drop. I remember when I started filming my investigations to put on YouTube, which I think is somehow how you and I ended up meeting. Um, Correct. I had everything. They were little VHSC tapes, I believe is what they were called, or VHC. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out, I had to take my computer tower apart, get this certain board to stick in there that would allow a, 
and, and it wasn't drag and drop a file which is instant and you got it in your computer you had to hit play on your videotape and watch mm -hmm. it record live into the computer or we have phones today that do this right it's a great video right so in, in my case i had to sit there and take every tape from every investigator which at that time i was running with eight of them so you've got eight investigators, eight tapes across an eight-hour night. So there was 64 hours of my time just mm -hmm. watching. Now, it was great as far as reviewing the material because right. I was forced to sit there and watch every waking second of it to make sure it got into the computer. Sure. But, but now it's just like, okay, pop your SD card out or hook it to your computer, however, and bam, you got it. Right. Yep. So, hey, be, pe people should feel very fortunate that they have their their ghost boxes and their emf detectors and their and all that because uh you know 20 30 years ago we just did not have anything like that that is the truth and so, sometimes it's a blessing and a curse because sometimes it's technology there's just too much of it but that's another whole conversation altogether so guys sure. thanks for tuning in tonight for our debut this is going to be every friday night we've got a wickedly stacked show for you we're going to talk about rick's dead hooker which i'm yeah. very excited wait, 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 hold about on. hold on hold on very, hold on. very excited it's not my dead hooker i did not kill a hooker so let's just let's let's let everybody know that that i'm not that out there killing hookers hey y'all be the judge when you hear a story that's all i'm saying and it's on video um anyways we've got what's going on in the paranormal news Really interesting story, Rick. I think you're going to like this because it's something um, we can talk about. We've got awesome thermal footage. Um, for those of you who follow me, you've heard about the Devil Dog Farm case. Well, I'm going to be mm -hmm. showing you the thermal footage of that. We're going to talk about that. We've got Creature of the Week and Rick Hale's Ghost Watch. And you were going to say something, yes. Rick. What was you going to I was just going to say, I cannot wait until people see this video, those who have not seen it, because it is extraordinary to say the least it is extraordinary and you'll probably say some choice words but keep it clean in the chat please yeah. oh yeah that's all we keep ask it clean. this is a family show you can you can leave all of your troll comments that's fine that gives us another segment next week you know troll comment of the week you know but <laughs> let's keep it clean guys because we do have uh interested children and teenagers that are into the paranormal but anyways guys check out these commercials from the people who don't pay us to be on here, but we support them. So check out these commercials, guys, and we'll be right back. Hey, my friends, check out my good friend, Chris Beck, and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book, Norman II, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.54. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. 
Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. We're started then? <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, everybody. <laughs> this is so new to me. So, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Shadow Initiative with uh, Stephen Lancaster, my uh, co-host, and myself, Rick Hale. And uh, so, you know, hey, happy Friday. And uh, so here's what we're going to talk about first, Stephen. Now, I know that you've seen the uh, the picture that I have shown. Yes. And I know that we jokingly call it Rick's dead hooker. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's, uh, but that's fine. I mean, if you want to keep telling yourself that. <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, like I said, I'm not out there killing hookers. I admit to nothing. So, okay. So, the picture that, that, that Stephen's going to show on the uh, screen, this was taken at... Um, in St. Charles, Illinois, at the Arcata Theater. Now, back in 2014, I was involved with Ghost Tapes. Uh, Ghost Tapes 2, the documentary, and several episodes of Ghost Tapes, the series, with uh, Luke Millett, who is a, a, a brilliant filmmaker. And uh, the picture that you see was uh, taken in the basement, and it is of sets, uh, sets and uh, props. And in the middle of this one prop, you see the very, very vague image of a woman. Do you see that, Steve? Stephen? The, the problem is I spent too much time looking at it. Okay. I, I suffer from what I refer to as paralysis by analysis. Okay? okay. Because most of the time when people send me stuff, they have it highlighted, circled. They look right here. So, of mm -hmm. course, you look right here. You didn't right. say anything. No. You just sent the picture and told me it was your dead hooker. But <laughs> anyways, I, and I'm looking, and I, I did see a face. But then mm -hmm. over here, I kind of saw something else. And guys, we'll leave it on the screen for you, so maybe it'll, you'll have the, the same experience I did. Um, we're not pointing it out to you. Just tell us in the chat, you know, if you see something, where you see it, that kind of thing. Because you might see something we missed. Um, but right. I, I would see multiple things, and then I started getting crazy with it and cropping it and zooming it. And uh, that's when I finally just asked you, can you point out exactly where you're talking about? Because I just wanted to see mm -hmm. if it was remotely close to what I had seen. Right. See, you know, and, and that's the thing. I, I really hate that red circle that you see in a lot of, uh, you know, paranormal pictures. So it's mm -hmm. like I don't like pointing things out to people because I want people to see um, – what they think that they're seeing. So, and I see a woman. Now, here's the backstory of this, um, of uh, of this alleged ghostly woman that hangs out in the basement of the Arcata Theater. Back in the 1920s and 30s, it was a hangout for uh, um, Al Capone, who is, you know, the crime prince of crime uh, of crime here in Chicago, Illinois, or was. And now, as the story goes, that this hooker my dead hooker as as you call it um she kind of got out of line one day with um with one of capone's men and you know she didn't want to have sex with him because she was pregnant 
and she she was afraid that she would hurt the baby. Sure. So in a fit of rage, this guy he he killed her. He whacked her right down there in the basement that which was used as a brothel. And uh, ever since then, people have claimed to see this um, apparition of this dead woman, this this dead prostitute, wandering around the basement. And um, in in this picture, I believe that I actually captured the um, photographic evidence of this, um, you know, this, you know, poor victimized woman who died almost a century ago. Yeah. It's an interesting story because it, it made me instantly think, and I don't know why, maybe it's because I got a dirty mind, um, but it made me instantly think of the phenomena of people who claim to have sexual relations with entities or spirits or the dead, however you want to word it. I mean, sure. there's been big cases that, you know, like Dr. Barry Taff was on. Um, what was that woman's name? Uh, the Dor entity case. Doris Bither. Doris Bither. Yeah. You know, where she claimed that she was, you know, raped by an entity. Mm -hmm. And there was, there was a lot of pretty uh, remarkable evidence to that. The stuff, and, and they weren't yeah. using digital effects or anything like that because that stuff didn't exist, you know. Right. But uh, and the book was great. The movie was, you know, great. But you know, again, that's a movie, so right. But the book was fantastic. Well, your 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 dead hooker thing. Before my wife and I started to um, court each other, however you want to call it, I used mm -hmm. to joke around and say, you know, I I wanted to be, I I wanted to have sex with a ghost. Yeah. To say that I've had sex with a ghost. Because okay. I, I looked at it as like, okay, who can really say that? And if I would say that, then, you know, I could be walking into Lowe's or walking into the grocery store and people would be like, yep, there he goes. You know what That's I mean? the ghost sex guy. <laughs> <laughs> Homeboy had sex with a ghost. You know, I mean, it's marketable. And right. I mean, yeah, there's no risk of pregnancy. Or is no. there? That's a topic. It's uh, a topic. Could there be ghost babies? You know, it it, it always reminds me of um, you know this this topic of, of sex with entities. It of course reminds me of you know the the nineteen eighty four cla comedy classic of Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. where uh, you know um, Ray is having sexual congress with this entity. Now I'm I now I'm ten years old in nineteen eighty four, and I'm seeing this movie with my parents, and I've never seen my parents squirm so much <laughs> because they knew that they were gonna have to they were gonna have to explain this to their 10 year old son so what was that ghost doing to him mom and dad um but yeah this uh you, we had a lot of really great um uh personal experiences that night and it was it was probably one of the uh one of the most interesting places that i've ever investigated because i i specialize in private homes mm -hmm. so this was like an actual location to go to and it was uh, it was a really great night so if you're looking for something in, new and interesting to watch check out ghost tapes 2 and episodes of ghost tapes the ghost tapes the series on youtube you will not be disappointed absolutely i just uh probably a month ago watched it again i had seen it before ghost tapes 2 but um the intro to this show actually shows a lot of footage from that documentary and if you guys want to see a very authentic documentary it's not blown out of proportion if you really want right. to see what we do um i definitely recommend watching it but the ghostbusters thing that's funny you say that because i had a similar situation with ghostbusters not only with that scene with my parents but the stuff that dana barrett was saying 
you know, when she was being very forward, when she was, you know, possessed and, you know, my It dad, wasn't Dana Barrett, it was Zool. Right, whatever, you know, it, Sigourney Weaver, whatever you want to say, she wanted to get down demonic style. And, mm -hmm. you know, I can remember dad like, oh, he shouldn't be watching this kind of stuff. But interesting little movie fact for you. The scene you're talking about where Ray's asleep in bed and he wakes up or he's dreaming, however you want to interpret that scene. Um, and the ghost is hovering over him, you know, and there's about to be some some sexual stuff. Um, there's an extended version of that scene, a deleted scene Ooh. that they, they had shot. They, they recently released an awesome documentary on the Ghostbusters, I okay. guess, with the new Afterlife movie coming out next year. Um, and it showed a lot of deleted stuff. And if you watch that regular scene now, after telling you this, you'll be like, why didn't I notice that before? Ray is actually in a castle. Get out of town. He I never noticed that. He is actually investigating oh, a castle. Wow. And the deleted scene goes more into that. It's it's pretty cool. You know what? I, I think that my dream interview would be to interview Dan Aykroyd. I really like Dan Aykroyd. He he's legitimately into the paranormal. He he grew yes. up on a haunted farm. I mean the the guy, he knows his stuff. If you, he used to host a really cool show too about the paranormal. I want to say in like the late '90s. Does that ring a bell to you? I can't remember the name of it, um, but he it was does the, not. He was the host of it, and uh, on one of these streaming services we've got here at the house, it was on there, and I was like, why does this look familiar? And it was him hosting it about aliens and ghosts and hauntings and, and all that I'll have that to look stuff. that up. Yeah, absolutely. But okay, so guys, you're still with us. We just heard about Rick's not dead hooker, but really a dead hooker. Mm -hmm. But Rick didn't kill her, you know. Anyways. Um, That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> we've got that interesting thermal footage we were talking about. It's coming up next. And for you kids out there, I just want you to know... Now, Rick has already bashed me for it being Bush, but this Ugh. is non-alcoholic beer. Okay, I'm not going to be your daddy or anything. I'm just saying. I'm not, like, glamorizing <laughs> drinking or anything. Okay? But when we come back, guys, we're going to talk about the Devil Dog Farm case. A lot of you are kind of hip to it already. We're going to show you that thermal footage. I'm going to tell you the story behind it. And uh, to me, it's one of the most... Uh, important and crucial parts of my case files just because it's such an, an awesome piece of footage so we'll be right oh, back it's, it's brilliant it's well like he said i didn't say that he said it's brilliant so i can quote it's brilliant author rick hale brilliant <laughs> we'll be right back guys Check out the One Step Closer to Madness Network for paranormal podcasts, conspiracies, horror, and more. Like them on Facebook at facebook.com slash one step closer to madness. If I have to fix this thing one more time, I swear I'm canceling the show. I'm canceling it. 
to catch a live broadcast, join us every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash label13videos, facebook.com slash monstervisiontv, or facebook.com slash author Stephen Lancaster. That's uh, that looks like a human foot. Yeah, guys, you, you just caught us. Um, I was showing Rick a piece of this footage. Um, we're back, by the way, and uh, we're talking about the Devil Dog Farm case. Those of you who have read about it in my book, it was referred to as Eidolon Fields, so you'll know exactly what we're talking about. And there's a lot of video available for this case. Um, just ask in the chat or ask on one of our Facebook pages, and I can. I can send you links and stuff, um, but essentially this was an old plantation um, in St. Paul's, and it was 80-some acres, close to 90-some acres. There were still standing two slave quarters and an old farmhouse, and uh, a, a rich guy comes along, buys the property. Long story short, he wants to turn the farmhouse into a, a and b but he okay. started to experience things that... Um, scared him and it wasn't just your typical knocks and, and stuff like that it was the, the one thing that really grabbed me was he had left his cell phone in one of the rooms he was remodeling when he came back he noticed it had moved he picked it up and it had filmed a video and the cam his phone was up in the air and just circled around the whole room did a complete 360 recording and then sat back down Wow. Now, yeah, I mean that's uh, that is that's pretty scary. Yes. So that's he actually contacted my then girlfriend, now wife, and uh, her and her colleagues went and started investigating that place for probably about a good six months before she called me and the rest of the pit crew in. And just to you know, we could talk for weeks about this case, but I want to focus on this particular clip right now. I'm showing you what the attic of this farmhouse looked like. There were burned footprints and what looked like fingerprints and claw marks in the wood. That's what Rick and I were just looking at before we came back from a uh, commercial break. And if that isn't astounding enough, we would hear voices. We would get EVPs, um, stuff thrown at you from up there. It was a three stories in the air. Okay, this isn't like your typical mm -hmm. attic. This was another whole floor, you know. Right. So... We decide one night, um, at the time, we were sponsored by um, Fluke, uh, the thermal imaging camera company. So they had sent us a $30,000 thermal camera to use on this investigation. So they, I they, thought, just, they just loaned that to you. Yes. 
because they, they knew must really trusted me. They 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 had watched old Monster Vision TV videos. They knew we promote the crap out of it. We put it all over right. the internet, and it would essentially advertise them for nothing. Right. And so that worked out for us. So I decided to set this thermal camera up in the attic. Now what you're seeing on the screen is a little crude diagram I made in Photoshop that shows you the layout of this attic. Now there, there are two windows on both sides of the attic. The stairs that you come up, they aren't pull down stairs, they're traditional stairs. They're right in the center. On the side of the attic there are two open doorways. No doors, just doorways. And those allow you out into the rafters, okay? So you're behind a wall, you're above the rafters of the roof below. So I set the thermal camera up myself and my soon-to-be wife were sitting out in those rafters. So on that little diagram that you're seeing where it says investigators, that was her and I sitting there. Now, the audio is hard to hear on the video, but I do say a few choice words. And the way I'm setting this up before I show you the clip is her and I are sitting there. We are in total blackout. Okay, all, all we have is kind of light coming through some of the cracks in the roof, stuff like that. And, you know, the more you kind of spend in the dark, the more your eyes start playing tricks on you and you start seeing things move and, and you know, something down there, matrixing, whatever you want to call it. Um, I started to see this black mass. And I'm trying to get her attention. And, and meanwhile, I'm doing a communication session, you know, talking, trying to get some kind of activity. Well, finally, this thing moves. And it moved in such a way that it was undeniable that something moved. And that's when I say my choice words. Now that's one thing, okay? That was just a personal experience. The next morning we decided to check the thermal camera. Now I'm throwing this thermal camera footage up on the screen for you right now. We are out on, on the opposite side of that wall. Okay, what you're seeing on that screen right now is it coming from the right and it may be reversed on your computer the way we're filming right now or left by the way it's coming from one side and it looks to be a sphere kind of you know in the shape of a sphere about the size of a basketball and it disappears once it's past the window then when it gets to the next window it's full bodied as if i picture somebody carrying like a sack of something like santa claus or in the case of this being an old plantation somebody carrying a pack a sack of like soybeans you know, because that's what was harvested there. And then it disappears, and then all of a sudden you hear me say those choice words. Okay, the kicker is, okay, the first thing people's going to say, somebody walked across the room. That was your first. Um, that was my first uh, My first thought. Your first, exactly, was, was somebody walk in front of the camera. And I had said to Rick, which I'm saying to you, is if, if somebody had walked in front of that camera, you would have seen them the entire time walk across that room. The reason you only see this entity in the windows is because it's outside. It came across that first window, then it's behind the wall, then it came across that second window as it was manifesting full-bodied to finally coming into the area where Christina and I were, and that's when I physically saw it. When I physically saw it, it was just a solid black mass with, I guess I would refer to as like self-illuminating eyes. Um, it was like you were shining a, a light into dog's eyes or, you know, like a night cam you see from a, a, a deer cam or something. Um, 
but this thing was three stories in the air outside, and that's just another thing that makes it incredible. And I mean, what what are your thoughts on that, Rick? You've seen the footage, you've seen the footprints and all that. I mean, aside from all the backstory, just that alone, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm watching this video, and you know, like you said, of of course you have to watch this kind of thing with, um, you know, a little bit. You got to kind of question it a little bit. Mm. I'm I'm not the kind of person that just was like, oh yeah, that's a ghost, and I absolutely believe that. You really got to, you know take a good hard look at stuff um but there's there's a couple things that this video has going for it first off you took it and i know that you're not going to um lie to people and tell them that it's something that it isn't because your reputation is on the line absolutely so i know that that's not going to happen too i'm watching this and i do notice that when it first starts to manifest itself, it is like a ball of energy. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not one of these people that likes the whole orb thing, but I've seen them with my own eyes, and mm-hmm. this looked very much like what I've seen. And I love when it manifests into a full-bodied apparition because you see what almost looks like a vaporish trail. Mm-hmm being left in the wake of this um, entity moving. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, it is a, um, it's a brilliant piece of footage. I've used um, Fluke before when I was with um, McHenry County Paranormal Research Group. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the video, but we had the camera. So I am familiar with how this piece of equipment works. And, uh, I, and it blew me away. And I, I, I've never, I've, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you have to take into account the person that did it uh, and the expertise that's involved there. And, and, and I would say that, yeah, you did capture a ghost, as it were. I definitely agree. And, and like, like I alluded to earlier, actually just flat out said, it's, it's one of my prized possessions when it comes to you know, two and a half decades of research, if somebody were to ask me to pull out my top five pieces mm-hmm. of evidence, that would be it. And the, and the story, you know, behind the place, it adds um, just so much more credibility to it. This was a location where I watched an investigator get picked up and thrown against a wall. I was yeah. thrown down a set of steps. Uh, the same investigator got thrown down a set of steps. Um, In our intro video, you see me holding a camera up and showing three scratches across my face. That happened in that attic. So this is, these are are nasty, nasty spirits that haunt this place. Did you ever find out um, who these entities were in life through um, any kind of uh, historical research? Uh, well, the the history to the place was a, and I, I developed a theory based on that, was a boy um, had drowned on the property. There was a pond on mm-hmm. the property way back in the woods, and we did locate it. And there's a pretty creepy video that we're filming out there where we hear laughing. Like, mm-hmm. not like a human laughing, but like a hyena. Okay, yeah. and that, that was really creepy. Um, if you've ever seen the video I had floating around of me and two other investigators opening fire across a field with guns, mm-hmm. have you seen this video? That yes. was that was right after we came out of the woods after hearing that laughing. 
it wow they were creature like you know mm -hmm. or demon like if you want to visualize at home and initially we thought because when christina took the case everything they were getting was pointing towards a young boy okay. okay but we know how dark entities work there's a masquerade they can pretend to be whatever they want to get to you get close to you and once she brought the rest of us in now now i'm not saying this in a sexist way at all it's just more of how that alpha male works she was working with nothing but women and nobody got attacked once she called us and I brought all the guys, all of the guys on the team got attacked in some way. So the entity felt like it had to be the alpha. Right. You know, and, and I took the theory that I don't think this ch this uh, teenager, because we went to his grave, paid her respects, all that stuff. I don't think this teenager committed suicide. I think he was chased to okay. that pond by something. And he went into the pond, into the center of that pond, and eventually got fatigued because it would not let him come out of that pond and he drowned. That's yeah. what I think happened. Because there, there are other videos that I've kind of sandbagged um, from this case that I've yet to release. And this was nine years ago when we started the case. We worked it for two and a half years because it was just crazy stuff. Um, we have videos of what looks like creatures, just things I've never seen before in my life. Um, one of a kind, kind things. And, uh, you know, Stephen, one of the things that, that people talk about are, is that not so much that these, um, inhuman entities are demons in the sense that, um, you know, the, the biblical idea, the Judeo-Christian Islamic idea of, um, of demons, but rather that they are interdimensional. Mm -hmm. how do you feel about that well i the funny thing is is i was going to bring that up um in our first segment um when you had mentioned uh or not the first segment when you were talking about your dead hooker and mm -hmm. um you know no 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 it was when you were talking about the uh devil sex cult. The, yes yeah. the devil sex cult um so we got dead now. hookers and devil sex cults right so you know it made me think how how quickly, especially in television, people jump to using that word demon and demonic. Right. And I've always went by the philosophy that, yes, that could happen. It's probably mm -hmm. this much in the grand scheme of things. But I've always followed the philosophy that if you are a bad or evil person in life, if you're a rapist, a murderer, child molester it's only safe to assume that that's what you would be in the afterlife, but most likely worse because you're going to have attributes we don't have. So I think right. just because something's evil and harming you or threatening your family or just causing chaos around you doesn't mean it's a biblical demon, you know, doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's uh, demonic or, or, or evil by definition. It could have just been a bad person that is literally doing the same thing in the afterlife. Yeah, I think that I think that you and um, I think I think that our philosophies on that subject um, are very much similar because I feel the same way. I mean, I in in almost thirty years I'll be doing this investigating for thirty years next next summer, mm -hmm. and I've never come across anything that I would say is demonic, but I certainly have come across a lot of badass human spirits that are mm -hmm. not friendly whatsoever. 
I agree. Well, look, Rick, it's that time again. We got to take another break. Um, when we come back, we got Rick Hale's Ghost Watch. We've got the Creature of the Week with some Ooh, really Creature cool of the stuff. Week. Yes. See, I even yes. wore my Creature of the Black Lagoon shirt today. Love it. I'm a theme guy. I, who knows what it'll be next week? Who knows? But I got to have a t shirt for it or it doesn't work. Um, and then we got the paranormal news, which is going to bring some interesting conversation between you and me, I think, because I do not like what I read. I don't like this, okay. and I don't think you will either. So, guys, check out these commercials, and we'll be right back with Rick Hale's Ghost Watch. Looking for unique handcrafted gifts or accents for your home, office, family, or friends? Check out Shadow Creations, your one-stop custom shop for one-of-a-kind designs for the eclectic mind. Unparalleled Creations by Christina. Like Shadow Creations on Facebook at facebook.com slash cflancaster and stay up to date on her daily releases available to you and easy to find at etsy.com slash shop slash motley by Christina. Shadow Creations. A little motley, a little curious, a little bit different. Browse Shadow Creations at Etsy.com slash shop slash Motley by Christina. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual. Poltergeists, Ghosts, and Demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. As a paranormal researcher and investigator, I have always maintained a certain level of skepticism when it comes to haunted hotels, motels, or bed and breakfast. Anyone can make up a ghost story, and in the interest of bringing in customers, they can jack up their prices on a haunted room. Despite what you may think, it happens, and some business owners have no problem engaging in that kind of unethical business practice. While this may be true the majority of the time, Many establishments do appear to have legitimate hauntings on their hands. And Chicago's Congress Plaza Hotel in downtown Chicago is one of those hotels where the dead walk among the living. When the, 19, when the 1893 World's Columbian Exposition came to Chicago, city planners realized they needed a well-appointed hotel to house the more affluent fair attendee and the elegant Congress Plaza Hotel was built. The Congress, as the locals call it, 
is the city's most luxurious hotel and has played host to actors, diplomats, and Chicago's most notorious celebrity, the crown prince of crime himself, gangster Al Capone. Now, if you speak to the management of the Congress concerning its ghosts, they will flatly deny that their establishment is home to numerous lost souls. The staff, on the other hand, have a much different story to tell. According to eyewitnesses, the spirit doesn't really say much, causing some researchers to believe Johnny is nothing more than a psychic imprint. In other words, just unaware energy that has been recorded in the physical environment. There have been several encounters where the witness claims Johnny looks in their general direction, even giving a slight friendly nod of his head. If you should ever stay at the Congress Plaza Hotel, do yourself a favor and strike up the conversation with the security staff. On the overnight watch, security personnel have reported the unmistakable sounds of a party issuing from the grand ballroom. As they approach, the sounds of laughter, music, and a ghostly toast compete with clinking glasses are heard. When they open the door, they find nothing. No party, no revelers, just a dark, empty, lifeless room. Not all ghosts of the Congress Plaza Hotel are spectral partiers or disabled homeless people. The Congress can boast one of the strangest hauntings on record. And I do believe that it is stranger than anyone has ever heard of. It is known as the enigmatic hand of mystery, as the staff calls it. It is nothing more than a gloved hand that sticks out of the walls of the hotel. The gloved hand is believed to have belonged to a construction worker who inexplicably managed to get himself drywalled into the walls of the hotel. There, of course, is no historical proof to back up this horrible and somewhat unlikely sounding story leading many to believe it could be just a weird prank that is played by hotel staff. Nevertheless, many people have claimed to see it sticking out of the walls at any hour of the day. The spirits of the Congress Plaza Hotel appear to be nothing more than residual haunts since they rarely interact with the living, meaning they are nothing more than a moment captured in time and they replay themselves when conditions are just right. If you should visit this grand hotel, hopefully you'll be in the right place at the right time. Join us next week when we travel to New York City's famed West Village and explore the one if by land, two if by sea, an upscale restaurant where history and hauntings collide. I'm Rick Hale, and this has been Ghostwatch. Intense. <laughs> audiobooks, that's where it's at, man. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll be a millionaire with audiobooks one day. I, I was just sitting here thinking, you got to start recording some commercials for this network because if they're all my voice, and here you are doing this Ghostwatch voice, and I'm thinking you know gotta get rick through some commercials everyone's gonna get tired yeah. of hearing me anytime anytime but uh yeah you know i wanted to give a little bit of uh, background on Ghostwatch and why it is very important to me um ghost was a uh series of broadcasts on bbc one radio that was done by 
um, who arguably Great Britain's greatest ghost hunter, um, and my main influence, uh, a man that I admired, Peter Underwood. And um, what really makes this awesome to be able to do this, uh, to do Rick Hale's Ghost Watch, um, I actually got the the thumbs up from the Underwood family themselves to take their um, father and grandfather's original broadcasts of Ghostwatch on BBC One and be able to uh, bring it to our show. And um, so everything that I read will either be from one of my three books or from one of the uh, many articles that I've written over the years uh, for paranormalstudy.com, um, paranormalunderground.net, and uh, spookyisles.com. So this is all original material that you'll be hearing, and uh, you know it's it's very important to me because uh, Peter Underwood was uh, my greatest influence, and uh, you know many of his books uh, you can still find on Kindle. I have a lot of them, and you know, and if you're lucky, every now and then you'll find them for free. So uh, that's why this is so important to me, and I wanted to bring this back to a new generation of uh, um, paranormal enthusiasts. And you did, and and it's really cool that they the family gave you the blessing. Um, I didn't yeah. want to interrupt you, but we had just uh, received an email where the um, chicken ranch and the bunny ranch out in Nevada have given their blessing about your uh, dead hooker story. <laughs> well, good. I'm, I'm glad that I could uh, help them out in some way. <laughs> that is legalized prostitution out there, you know, and if, right. if Rick's story has helped them out in some way, because, you know, maybe they've dealt with seeing dead hooker ghosts, you know? No, it wouldn't. You know, I, I know that the uh, the I, uh, gentleman who owned the place, uh, he, he passed away quite recently, and I actually heard that his ghost has been seen in the uh, in the bunny ranch really That's yeah i can't remember his name yeah w whether or not there's any truth to that you know who knows because you know once again it, you you're gonna bring in customers with a ghost story well you can check it out next time you're there i will not be going there it's not my jam <laughs> <laughs> hey you know that congress hotel man you know i, I started uh researching that place it is mm -hmm. just massive could you imagine, oh, huge. imagine the amount of time that it would take with a team? I mm -hmm. mean, weeks to a month to fully, like, yeah. I mean, that's just incredible. That's, that's now awesome. My, yeah, my wife and I, we, we were gifted uh, a three-day stay. Mm -hmm. it, it was probably, I've, I've never been, I've never stayed at a hotel. My, but growing up, we were always, you know, Mo, uh, hotel sixes and eights, mm -hmm. you know, kind of kind of families, ho Holiday Inn family, and um, I was completely overwhelmed staying in the Congress Plaza Hotel. It is, it's gorgeous. It's it, it's quite possibly one of the most beautiful play beautiful hotels I've ever been in. And um, growing up in a city like Chicago, Illinois, where we have um, probably more ghosts than living people, which is about 6 million people living in the Chicagoland area. Mm -hmm. um, this is arguably one of the most haunted places in our city. Now, that's cool. I, I love hotels. I've done dozens of them. I mean, as far as investigating them, 
I just always pray that the elevators work. <laughs> yeah. You're hauling all that equipment, man. It's like like another reference to Ghostbusters when they got it there towards the end. They got to look up and they see all those steps and they've got to haul everything up, man. I don't know. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. That's how I would feel in the Congress place, man, because I saw the pictures. Was like, it's massive. Yeah. No, it is massive. That, that's crazy. Well, let's get to uh, some news here. Let's let's get to that segment. Let me pull this stuff up here. Um, now, now this is the paranormal news, but not to be. It's probably not going to be the paranormal you think. I mean, it does involve the paranormal. But I came across this story and just thought, this is unique, but in my mind, completely wrong to do to people. Um, mm -hmm. There is this guy, his name is Andy Sims, okay? And he works for a company called My Builders. So okay. he, he's, a, he's a contractor, essentially, okay? And what he does is when people claim that their house is haunted, he goes in, spends a few hours, and okay. tells them it's not. Now, what he does is he has his philosophy, and, and I'm looking at the article now. Um, he refers to it as the seven deadly sounds, okay? In his mind, okay. ghosts do not exist. They can be explained away, okay? He, he's quoted as saying mm -hmm. in this article, every spooky sound has a perfectly common explanation. So before calling an exorcist, find a great tradesperson instead. Okay, now. See, now I'm going to stop. Hang on one second. No, you right got, there. Go I'm, ahead. Go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you there because let's face it, there, there is some truth to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in many homes where people were dealing with, uh, you know, things like uh, um, high electromagnetic magnetic field mm -hmm. or they or like in like in Chicago for example with with the L's we'll get a lot of infrasound which is low decibel uh, low decibel noises that come in just underneath human hearing but still affects us mm -hmm. in a physiological and even neurological way so yeah I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna agree with him on that that there are sometimes there are things that you know can be chalked up to natural phenomena. Okay, and I'm with you. I'm with you on that. One of the quickest cases I ever solved was 15 minutes. A guy, yeah. a, a maintenance guy at this golf course told me he would hear somebody walking above him every morning yeah. when he came into the to the clubhouse of this golf course. And he asked me to meet him there at like 6.45 mm -hmm. in the morning. Sure enough, we went through that door and you heard, do, 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 somebody walking across the ceiling well up, upstairs was the owner's office which was always locked and i asked him to open the front door again and then shut it you know and this was in south carolina and there was a lot of humidity yeah. so when he did that the central air kicked back on okay mm -hmm. when the central air kicked off you heard because what a lot of people don't realize is the duct work in central air every like three or four feet has a flap so when the yeah. AC turns off and the air starts going back the other way, the flaps close one by one. So I completely agree in that aspect. Okay. Okay. And I, okay, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to one up you 
on that. And this is hilarious, okay? And then we'll get back to get back to the article, okay? Okay. So I I go on this investigation. It's in Crystal Lake, Illinois, which is in McHenry County. Mm-hmm. And um, down in the basement was was where they where their kids had their play area. And um, while the while the lady of the house has been in, she would see balls roll across the floor as if somebody was pushing them, right? Okay. So she calls us in. We do the investigation. We're sitting in this room, this playroom. There's you know toys and balls all over the floor, and it's it, we're in the dark. All of a sudden, we see a ball move. Mm-hmm. We're like. Oh, okay, this is awesome. You know, finally we're getting something to back up this woman's claims. But here's what was really going on. Some of the balls were in the flight path of a path of a little mouse mm. running from one hole in the wall to another hole in the wall. And every now and then he would get startled or whatever or get skittish and accidentally brush up against one of these light little balls and would cause it to roll a little bit across the floor. So we were able to completely wrap up that investigation in a matter of an hour because we were able to determine that it was mice that were causing these balls to roll and not ghosts. Well, it happens, and that's what we're supposed yeah. to do. You know, like the first couple yeah. seasons of Ghost Hunters, you know, these guys were former plumbers, so they're checking plumbing, stuff like that. You know, of course, we go in and try to debunk or disprove everything. Okay, that part, no argument for me. Although, on a side note, I do want to point out that I'm starting to see a pattern in Rick's stories. We go from demonic devil Satan sex cults to dead hookers to now balls. I'm, I, I can't make the, this up. The, 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 uh, the, the balls were before my dead hooker. So <laughs> they usually just, are. Just to specify. <laughs> they usually are. <laughs> It's a family show, Steve. It is a family show. That's why we're using into windows like the Disney movies do. <laughs> well, so anyways, there's not much left to this story, but um, I'll pull up what's left here. Uh, okay, he, he's saying pretty much what, what you and I just alluded to. Mice in the walls, rats in the walls, broken guttering, wind coming through the windows, loose door hinges, creaking sounds, banging from a radiator, gurgling from the toilet. Um, this is, of course, all stuff um, really good paranormal researchers try to, to find first, obviously. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with it is the guy does not believe in paranormal phenomena. He does not believe in ghosts. Okay, so he's mm-hmm. already biased. He's made up his mind. He's made up his mind that he's going to go in there. And, yeah, there may be a creaky door. There may very well be a creaky door. But does that mean, does that give you the right to say, ah, it's just your door, your house isn't haunted? I don't think that's right to do to people. And he's only doing this in a couple hours because let's say I'm the client and I've been experiencing, like most people who do experience a haunting, for years. Okay, I've seen grandpa's ghost for 20 years, you know. This guy's going to come in in a few hours and tell you that's not true. You know, that's where I have a problem with it. He's not performing an actual paranormal investigation. He's already going in knowing it's in his mind that it's not a ghost. Um, and then he's just going to find whatever he can find that's making sounds and telling them that's what it, what it is. That's the part I disagree right. with. 
See, no, I, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. One of the things that really used to bug me about about Ghost Hunters when it first came on, like, and I, I loved the first couple seasons of that. I'm like, oh, hey, this is awesome. This is something that I've been doing for years. Finally, we're going to see it on television, right? One of the things that always bugged me is, is that they would do their investigation and they'd be there for like however long, like one night, mm -hmm. and they would find nothing. And then tell the people, your house is not haunted. But here's the thing. You're not living in that house 24-7 for year, for months and years on end. Correct. So it's... I think it's incredibly disingenuous to tell anybody that they don't know what it is that they're talking about or they think they're experiencing just because you happen to be there for a couple of hours. That was one of the things that really bothered me about Ghost Hunters, and it still bothers me because I am a firm believer in personal experience mm -hmm. because without the personal experience, there's nothing to spark that, that interest or that desire to look further into you know claims of possible paranormal phenomena well so yeah i mean i i totally agree with you on that i'm on the same page and i mean you know me you've you followed my work just like i followed yours we don't investigate yeah. a place for one night we spend weeks mm -mm. to months to years the brentwood wine bistro 10 years you know and that was something that annoyed me then and annoys me now with these paranormal shows because i know how that mm -hmm. stuff works production wise okay one day is dedicated to filming the clients in the interview setting. Another day sure. is spent with the producers in the house, figuring out where they're going to film the most, how they're going to get their angles. And the third day is the actual investigators going in there to do right. it. Okay, so it's, that's not how it works. But anyways, we yeah. can go on forever about that. Yeah, you know, I, I feel the same way. And when I... When I was doing ghost tapes, I was I was very reluctant to be involved because I never wanted to be in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. But I, I, you know, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was a, it was a great experience. But that's because Luke Millet, the filmmaker, you know, shared my same idea of ethics and integrity and honesty. Mm -hmm. um, I always believe in being 100% honest with people, and, um, I, and and I think that when you're dealing with the subject matter that doesn't just involve you, but involves an entire um, field of inquiry, you better be on your ball and you better be honest, because not only are you going to make yourself look bad, you're going to make a lot of other people look bad, and 150 years worth of... Uh, paranormal of organized paranormal research and investigation you're going to make it all look bad and that's just not something you want to do well i'm glad you said that because that is a great segue into the creature of the week Creature of the week. Creature of the week. You know, you you and I kind of discussed this a little bit uh, on Facebook. Yep. You know, with this being our debut show, we thought we would just start with the granddaddy of them all for Creature of the Week, the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot, the Yeti, that that guy. And um, I'm, I'm pulling up my notes here, and Rick kind of uh, was starting to go into the direction I'm actually going in with this. 
is when we're talking about cryptozoology and cryptozoologists, you know, these are people who research that phenomena, you know, right. aliens and, and puka and the Tennessee skunk ape and, and Jersey devil and all these other creatures, Mothman. The problem with the research of that is there's so many people out there that make it look stupid and, and they yeah. make it look bad. Um, because of the TV shows and the crazy YouTube videos. And my advice is read credible scientific data, read stuff from doctors. Um, there yeah. are a lot of well-known, um, credible, intelligent people out there doing this kind of research in the name of science. And the funny thing is you will get more of what you want to hear from them than what you're going to get out of these TV shows and all that stuff. You know, when I, when I was going, you know, to share a little bit about my about myself, when I was going through uh, cancer and chemotherapy, I was watching uh, Mountain Monsters, or I think that's what it was called. Mm -hmm. And when I was laying in when I was laying in bed, and this was easily the silliest damn show I have ever seen in my life, and it made cryptozoology seems stupid mm -hmm. well here's some things that don't okay and, and that's why I, I really like this stuff okay the these this information comes from credible sources okay from zoologists in the field of zoology mm -hmm. okay they have actually they're in charge of assigning the names of species okay mm -hmm. they have approved They've approved it and assigned an actual species name for what we refer to as Bigfoot. And they, they okay. call it Homo sapiens cognatus. It's like Latin. I guess I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. Cognatus or cognatus, however you want to say it. Homo sapiens cognatus. Okay, the cognatus part pretty much means related blood. You know, they're saying similar DNA to us. So okay. zoologists have actually given the Sasquatch, an official name. Now that's one thing, the Journal of Science has admitted to examining 111 samples of blood, tissue, hair, and other specimens characterized and hypothesized to have been obtained from elusive hominins, okay? Okay. In North America that we refer to as the Sasquatch. Okay, okay, so there you got zoologists, there you have the Journal of Science. Now, the FBI, every other day, and a lot of this you guys are going to see on the screen as we're talking about it. The FBI, every other day, have they've started releasing, as well as the CIA, they're, uh, they've declassified a lot of these old files. And now you can access them if you know where to go. And I have accessed, uh, and I just picked one. And I thought this one was interesting, and you're seeing it on the screen. The FBI took a case, in this, this particular case, on the Sasquatch. And they actually obtained hair. There, there are um, photocopies in this, this case file that you're seeing on the screen of the actual hair. Okay. Now, this is actual real work being done, okay, in the name of science, <laughs> not what you see on TV. Okay, so the FBI is a great resource. Okay, you can, these previously unreleased case files, you can examine and see that they've actually, there are hundreds and hundreds on paranormal phenomena. And a lot of people don't know it, but That's Chris, amazing. Chris Carter, you know, the guy who created um, the X-Files, 
He came up with the concept of the X-Files based on the reality, the truth, that the FBI actually has a division that investigates this stuff. Okay, they don't refer to it as the X-Files. They refer to it as the U-Files, if you want to shorten it. Unexplained. Okay, something okay. they could not, that just our science could not explain. So these things exist. So in this file about Sasquatch, in the FBI file, okay, you can look up the CIA stuff, FBI stuff. They both have a preponderance documenting ghosts, monsters, aliens, psychic phenomena, all that, okay? What I found interesting about this particular file is they analyzed the hair. They had their doctors, their, their MEs, their medical examiners um, document this hair. And there's snippets that I've highlighted that you're looking at, okay? This snippet states, a sample of rep reputed Sasquatch hair was analyzed by the FBI and found to belong to no known animal. Mm. Okay. Now, this quote from this FBI file solidifies the fact, okay, maybe not Sasquatch by name, but it solidifies the fact that there is something out there that exists that we sure. currently don't have on record. Now, it, do, it doesn't prove Sasquatch, but it does prove that there are creatures out there we have yet to fully identify or, or label officially. You know what's always really bothered me about, about this is that um, evolutionary biologists, are, they are always looking for um, the, um, the missing link. They're always looking for that species that links humans with an ancient uh, ancestor that we had evolved from. Whether or not you believe in evolution, that's, that is your opinion. That, that's, that's your thought. Right. Um, I, however, do. And if, if they're so into looking for this missing link, this creature, uh, we'll, we'll call it creature for lack of a better term, this could be the missing link. Mm -hmm. that proves that, you know, where it is that we came from as a species, as human beings. I agree. And, you know, like I said, I, I had picked Sasquatch because he's the most famous. You know, he's selling beef jerky now. You know, he's, <laughs> the guy's got some things going on, you know. Oh, yeah. But I thought that was interesting when I pulled that FBI file, that they're acknowledging the fact that their doctors could not figure out what this hair came from. And that spoke volumes to me. They weren't flat out saying, hey, it's Bigfoot hair, um, because you would need more than just that hair. To, it could be hair to any other kind of creature we don't know. And right. scientifically, we know that new species are discovered all the time. Right. So we could do a and whole show. Well, they're not the large species, you know. Right. We could do a whole show on Sasquatch, but the Creature of the Week's just a short snippet. We're going to take our final break, guys, come back with our final thoughts, and check out the last of these commercials. Thanks for sticking around. If you want to make a comment, make a comment. If you want to get up with us about the show in any way, um, you've seen the email come across the screen multiple times, but it's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. We'll be glad to address any of uh, your concerns. Or just like the commercials say, if you've got paranormal stuff you want us to look at, send it. And it may end up on this show. So guys... I'd love to see it. Yes, we will be right back. 
Every week, one out of four people miss the live broadcast of our show. But all is not lost. You can watch us and Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV on demand for free at youtube.com slash label13videos or facebook.com slash monstervisiontv. Never miss a show and watch when you want to watch. That's youtube.com slash label13videos or facebook.com slash monstervisiontv. Get with the goat and sell your soul at the Cut Your Heart Out design and fashion store. Visit cutyourheartout.threadless.com to discover everything horror, dark, and occult related when it comes to walking with the shadows in style. Browse her art and find some sinister offerings to fill your home, spirit, and wardrobe. Greeting cards, blankets, clothing, masks, and everything your wicked heart desires. Cutyourheartout.threadless.com And be sure to like them on Facebook at facebook.com slash cutyourheartout.fashion If you are dead on the inside, wear it proudly on the outside. Well, we are back, guys. We are wrapping up the first, the debut of Shadow Initiative TV with Rick Hale and myself, Stephen. Hello. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you're saying hello. We're about to say goodbye, man. <laughs> Anyways. Welcome back. Can't wait to hear his pickup lines if we ever get to hear any of those. Anyway. I don't uh, have to worry about that. I am a married man. And right. Married right. man. Yep. Right. We'll just forget all that hooker talk. Next yeah. episode, it's like it never happened. Never she knows happened. all about it. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, give us your thoughts. Like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching it on Facebook. we Both Rick and I are very um, accessible. We love talking the paranormal. Just keep it clean. You know, keep it professional, and we'll talk all day long to you. Um, so right. you can find us. But uh, next week... Uh, same time every week, Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Rick's time central, and, or no, 7 p.m. Central. 7 p.m. Yeah, 7 yep. p.m. Central, and then 5 p.m. Eastern, or Western. You know what, just don't even listen to me, just read the description. <laughs> You'll just follow links. Rest assured, it's every Friday. Yeah, I, I shouldn't even be talking right now, I don't know what's happening. What day is it? Is it Sunday? Is it's it Friday? Been, it's Friday, right? It's been, it's that non-alcoholic beer. It is. Sunday. Maybe it's a placebo effect. Maybe. Could be. That's. I might need to experiment with that. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> next week I'm going to do a haunted restaurant. Uh, one I investigated extensively um, back in 2009 and 2010. It was in my first book. And uh, what? And I'm going to show a little video of that and a really cool picture I took that Seals the deal that this place is haunted. Um, so you want to look forward to that next week. Rick, what do you got on the plate for uh, next week? Well, next week I'm going to share another picture that I took at the uh, Tinker Swiss Cottage in uh, Rockford, Illinois. I took this while I was on a haunt, uh, Hauntings uh, Chicago tour, which I never really go on tours, but I was invited, so I went. And uh, I walked away with a 
with a really interesting photo. Uh, and uh, you know, I'll explain that and, and explain about how it's not really so much visual that happens at Tinker Swiss, but it's others. So I was lucky enough to catch this. And also on Ghostwatch, I'm going, we're going to be taking a look at um, the one if by land, two if by sea, which is a historic building in New York's West Village. Um, you know, like I said, it's where history and hauntings collide. And some of the uh, ghosts that haunt this place are actually our, uh, our founding fathers of this, this, of this nation of ours. So when you said you went to a uh, tour with Chicago, was that mm -hmm. the band? No, Chicago Hauntings. Not that there would be anything wrong with liking Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I no, won't Chicago's turn it off. Chicago's a great band. Yeah, I won't turn it off. But, no, I mean, Peter Cetera is a phenomenal singer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got, I got, uh, I, I wouldn't say I got thrown out, because that sounds, well, yeah, I got thrown out of a, thrown uh, out, yeah. a ghost tour once. I was up in Williamsburg, and uh, I love Williamsburg. It's a fantastic place. Love, mm -hmm. loved it. Um, but of course, they did ghost tours there, and I had to do it, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. Well... Uh, we were outside this particularly old tavern, and the young girl is talking about uh, the tavern and how it's haunted, and how that the employees go in and out of there, and you know tourists go in and out of there, and they know the ghost is there because they can smell old cigar smoke. Yeah. Well, I raised Comment. my hand. I, I raised my hand. Okay, and I was like. Well, there is another explanation for that. When you're dealing with humidity levels and, you know, the smell of smoke, which I can tell you firsthand, and cigar smoke, that stuff absorbs into wood. And when humidity causes that wood to um, constrict or contract, whatever, whatever, it can release those old smells. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And she says, excuse me, sir. She's like, uh, you are ruining the experience for all of these wonderful tourists and asked me to leave. Wow. I got they actually kicked you out. A paranormal researcher, a guy who spent ejected. his whole life ejected from a ghost tour in Williamsburg, Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> you deserved it. I'm just a, I'm just a common criminal. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, you know, yeah. When I, I when we were in uh, we were in uh, Estes Park, Colorado, and I, I went to the um, uh, the uh, Shining Hotel out there. I can never remember. Oh the name. yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Overlook. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, we went there and I took the tour, and uh, you know, I told them that you know I was a uh, I was a, a ghost hunter and a writer and a uh, this was back when I was doing Paranormal Underground. I, I got the I got a really good treatment out of them. You know, they were really accommodating, and I wrote a big article for Paranormal Underground magazine about my three-hour tour. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, my my experience wasn't quite as interesting as yours, but uh, yeah, definitely a very very haunted place, as well as the Tinker Swiss. You know, I'll show be showing you this. I'll be showing everyone this uh, photograph. So uh, definitely very, very haunted place. I, I recommend that anybody, if you're in the Rockford area, um, avoid the rest of Rockford, but go to the Tinker Swiss. That's cool. And most of the time, I, I'm, I'm treated like a celebrity. You know, I, I went to a um, bed and breakfast in Wilmington, North Carolina, mm -hmm. 
And, and uh, it was literally to take a break from the paranormal. It was just mm -hmm. literally a weekend to chill out. And earlier, yeah. your dog freaked me out because your dog started coming around the corner. I'm like, what is moving behind Rick? Oh. Anyway. Yeah. It um, it's on tape. Uh, so anyways, uh, I get there. And the first night was fine. Nice and peaceful. Super cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and you may remember some video from this. I didn't have it up very long, but I did post some video socially. Um, the next morning, of course part of the bed and breakfast is you eat breakfast and right. I start talking to uh, the Greek folk that ran the place really nice people and um, the topic comes up of ghosts mm -hmm. and I'm like okay here we go right so eventually that led to me saying what I did mm -hmm. they get all excited man I mean all excited oh. you would have thought you know all of a sudden I was Harrison Ford you know what I mean yeah. Because otherwise, they didn't give two craps about me. You know what I'm saying? I was just a conquering hero. Right. Well, luckily for me, I always carried my equipment around in the back sure. of the vehicle. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. She's like, we don't have anybody else staying this entire weekend. And she said, I'll tell you what. If you want to have free reigns of the place, we'll go stay somewhere else. And you can investigate this place. And I said, well, okay. And I'm churning in my head what I can do with this. And I got her on inter uh, an interview. I filmed her. Um, anyways, long story short, started investigating it in the room I was staying in, found a secret panel through the fireplace that went into another completely, I mean, this was like the hardest. That's like some Scooby-Doo stuff. Yes, I even say the same thing on video. I was like, this is oh. Scooby-Doo type stuff, you know, Hardy Boys jokes were flying left and right, you know, yeah. like, this is crazy. Um, and the place turned out to be pretty wicked. The story was a, uh, a husband was angry with his wife, long story short, shot and killed her there. And the okay. desk that she died for on was still in there. You know, that, Amazing. that yeah, it wasn't morbid enough. And uh, I was going to do it as a documentary called Dead and Breakfast. Yeah. You, so you I may remember, remember you that. About that. So you may remember yes. that. And then yes. um, things just got too hectic, and I ended up writing about it in, in my second book. Because the actual building is called the Bluthanol Mansion. Um, but mm -hmm. they changed the name for their bed and breakfast. And to kind of hide the uh, not-so-pleasant history of it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was a good time. But here we are good rambling. Times. Rick, we got it. We got to shut this show down. Uh, guys, thanks again for, for tuning in. And thanks again Thank for commenting. So uh, as soon as we hit stop on this feed, you guys will have the archive. You can rewatch it. You can send it to your friends. If you tuned in late, you want to catch the early stuff, you can watch it again on YouTube. Rick and I will be sharing it all over Facebook. Um, give us your thoughts. We're very open. Criticism, anything. Anything you want to say. If, anything. Anything. If you've had a sexual experience with a hooker, dead hooker, anything like that, you want to mention it. <laughs> At shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com and send pictures. <laughs> so, uh, with that being said, Rick, is there anything else you would like know. to say? <laughs> uh, you know what? I think we covered it. I think you just covered it. I think so, too. So, we're going to run the credits now, let the credits kind of do their thing with all of our thanks and the, you know, all the people that put us here. Um, we say thank you to all of you.
Oh, hey, you know, and, and, and I wanted to point out, um, I wanted to say thank you to Mandy Collins, who is the uh, public, who is my publisher. Um, I am going to mispronounce the name only because I can't actually pronounce it in the uh, in the Scottish. But it's uh, she's the publisher of uh, Bayul Athris Publishing. That's the one. That's my publisher, and uh, she, Mandy Collins, is the one that got me the official thumbs up from the uh, Underwood family. So all thanks go to her. That is super cool. Now I, I think that's awesome about the Underwoods because yeah, just just to have that respect to you know inquire about it to be to begin with um and then the fact that uh if you guys never checked out the ghost watch the original you guys gotta check it out it's really cool yeah you can find it on youtube and and rick's you know kind of paying tribute homage to it uh through his own experiences which is really neat and i'm looking forward each week to hearing that so with that being said guys we're rolling the credits we're out of here we will see you next week have a good week (laughs) 